0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to the latest My Balls My Rules podcast and delighted to be joined once again by Decca O'Reilly and Harry Dole. How are you boys? I'm you good way. mate. Well yeah I'm very well thank you. So I think we should just get straight into it. So the big news kind of for us this week has been the decision for the National League to not really make a decision and kind of change their minds midway through the week. So how about Deck, you start us off and tell us that story? Um, so essentially what happened was um, the EFL obviously made their decision, which we discussed last week, to uh, promote and relegate teams from uh, League One and League Two. And um, ever, ever since the last few weeks, the National, League, the National League had essentially tied themselves to the EFL. So essentially whatever the EFL were going to do, the National League was going to follow suit and keep that partnership um, aligned together. However, the National League kind of went back on themselves a little bit and they gave a new proposal um, in a meeting on Thursday afternoon last week. Uh, to uh, board members uh, in in the league. They basically said, we're going to relegate Chorley, uh, who are 24th in the National League Premier, uh, and they're going to promote Kings Lynn, uh, who would be top of the National League North on points per game, and Wildstone uh, from the National League South. So that was the proposal that the National League gave, which wasn't quite in line with um, with what the EFL were doing, although... Uh, The National League did also say they were going to do playoffs, but I believe Step 2, so National League North and South, uh, they got an email, I think on the Wednesday night, very late, saying that uh, the government didn't class Step 2, so the sixth tier of English football, as elite sports. They wouldn't be able to play football behind closed doors in them playoff games. Um, And that has caused quite a big uproar, Um, most notably the hashtag Promote2 campaign, uh, headed by uh, York, Haven and Waterlooville and uh, Dorkin Wanderers, as, as well as all the other re- retrospective teams in, uh, in and around the playoffs uh, in, the both, in both the leagues. So, um, yeah, it's caused a bit of an uproar, a bit of a delay um, in the inevitable of promoting and relegating teams. But um, let's go to Harry. Harry, what do you, uh, what do you think about all of that?
1: Um, um, I, I totally agree uh, with promoting two teams from the division and I think, I think I mentioned it last week, it has to be done by playoffs. And just, you can't have two teams go up automatically because it's never been the way in non-league football. There's one spot, and you know that from the outset. Um, with the Promote 2 campaign, I mean, this is nothing against York or Haven, who have been at the forefront of this, but the way it's come across, it seems quite heavily that their interest is just them two clubs and you can you can understand York's frustration because they actually were top of the league when play ended, so you can get that um for me where the frustration lies is with haven't more because they're talking as if they're owed something and it's it's nothing against like them as a club. It's just the way it's come across to me that they've they're sort of owed something, but despite being three points behind Willstone and Willstone had a game in hand deck is that yeah. So, for me, it just feels like they've been a bit dismissive of all the other clubs, and it just seems like if the playoffs are played, it's a foregone conclusion they're going to go up. But, for me, I feel like it's you, you, you have to play the playoffs. And then for the maidenhead, ebsfleet and Fylde, and even as an Ebsleet fan, you know at the beginning of the season if you're in that bottom four, even with the Berry situation up in the air, you're more than likely to get relegated. So, you know that when the season starts. That's totally understandable. I can get them four teams going down. But in my eyes, you need a playoff system because just like, you know, four teams go down from the uh, National League prime, only one team from the North and one team from the South up automatically. So the playoffs must be played. That's my opinion. And that's where I stand on that.
0: I do agree to... with you there, Harry, in the sense that there's been a rhetoric sort of coming largely from, I'd say, not and York, that they're the two that deserve to come up. Intentional or not, it's kind of been like promote two and then the two pictures there the, uh, the two teams there that are pictured with it is haven't and Waterlooville and York City. So whether that's intentional or not, it has come across like these clubs are saying we deserve to go up if playoffs can't be played. But actually, in the same sense, you could then say, well, Ebsley, Maze and Eds, um, not had a chance to play their way out of it. So why did these teams get their chance to play their way to go up? Obviously, like Harry said there, they finished in the bottom four, so they have deserved to go down. But it can also be justified that those teams deserve their chance to play out as well.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, like they've they're getting the chance to play for promotion and then the the three teams aren't getting the, the chance to play for safety. But like I said, with something like this, it's it's just the unknown like how to deal with a situation like this. And I think that's why the National League backtracked three times in the last five <laughs> days. I mean I've never known someone so in this, like, an
0: organization <laughs> so indecisive.
1: And
0: it's, it's been like quite me strange. A <laughs> it's been strange as well, obviously, because there's been that government influence as well, in the sense that there was decided that step two didn't count as elite sport, but the National League were never specifically told that, according to the Department for Media and Sport. But then. That was That's just instantly applied because it was deemed that they weren't elite sport because they weren't full-time athletes. So it kind of was strange that the National League didn't think to check that. And I don't know really how much, because then you've got the conspiracy, theory, conspiracy theorists among the football fandom, as it were, being like, well, no, the National League doesn't care about step two and so on and so forth. And I think that there, as much as it's probably not true, could cause some significant harm to the National League's reputation overall. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just the point I want to make with the promote too. Obviously, you mentioned about um, the email that they got about the elite sport. I think the definition of the elite sport is it's a little bit of a grey area because when when you look at step two, because even though you do mention full time there, Sam, it doesn't actually say full time in the in the law. I guess the rule. I'm, I'm not really sure what they what they call um, that that rule of elite sport. Um, meaning I guess but there's no there 's no mention of full time um, and just rather um, the fact that players get paid um, yeah. and we all know and, and at step 's two every player that plays in step two does get paid, and um, for the most part I mean that was the argument that um, Jerry Gill at Bath City made uh, in the non league paper this week um, as and Paul goeswell haven 't as well they, they, all, they both said and agreed that you know, every club at this level, they do get paid something. Um, so, you know, that's that was their side of the argument. But obviously, as you say there, they don't get their whole living um, or the majority of their living wage from football. So um, it is a little bit of a grey area, but I, I do believe with the Promote 2 campaign, I mean, Dorking were really pushing it as well, as much as you all can have it. I mean, Mark White was really um, pushing the boat out for the Promote 2 and they're, they sit seventh will finish seventh in the national league south so literally they're they're technically they're at the most disadvantaged position of the playoffs but even they were still really pushing for it because you know it's very big for their club they've just been promoted uh, from the division below so um i i think i we know, obviously know henry and dan henry uh, the media manager at having a waterlooville and dan at uh, york city um and i think i would as if it was me, I would have done pretty much everything that they did except the, uh, the logo which had both of their badges on because it, 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 it does unintentionally come across like they are pushing for themselves to go up automatically rather than a playoff. And I know that's not their message, but that it does kind of unintentionally come like that. If it was me, I would have probably, I know to be hypercritical or whatever, but if it was me, I'd probably have had just the one badge for your club and changed like the profile picture of that on Twitter. Then the likes of Dorking, Bath, uh, Brackley, whoever, whoever um, is is uh, pushing for that campaign in the two respective leagues. They can do it without it looking like it's just York and Haven. And no one else. You know what I mean? Because it was obviously arranged between York and Haven as well. <laughs> it, um, I kind of think what they should have done is made a template for. All the clubs in those playoff positions yeah. with the hashtag promote to underneath it, so you can have, say, the Slough Town badge, Brackley, and whoever, like, say, have you mentioned? Then they could then change their profile picture and cover picture, so then the promote to campaign encompasses all the clubs that are in playoff positions, and makes it kind of less of that. What was obviously unintentional, but the perceived kind of view of, oh, haven't in York finished second, so we deserve to go up, rather than say where second's are playoff position, so so is third, so is fourth, so is fifth, so on and so forth. And we all deserve the chance to go up. No, I absolutely agree. And, you know, you look at virtually every club that's in a playoff position has at least put out a statement um, about their intentions in terms of uh, the National League vote. Uh, I saw Slough definitely did one, Slough Town. Uh, Bath City put one out. Um, so, you know, virtually every club in both divisions has, has put something out. So I think... If, if they'd have done something like that, I think overall it would have been a more positive message for all the clubs involved. I think 12, it'd be 12 clubs involved across the two leagues. So, you know, it's not just two clubs. There's there's 12 possible clubs that can grab two promotion spots. So um, it's definitely, if it if it does eventually get played, it's uh, it's all to play for in both the divisions there. If you look through the vast majority of those clubs who kind of are in those promotion positions, a lot of them aren't traditionally clubs, especially in recent years, that would be, considered a national league club like you look at the likes of say slough bath have only been there once in the last 10 years or so dorking wanderers have obviously never been there and have existed for 20 odd years so i kind of think these clubs like it's especially massive for them because they've never had that opportunity before and that's why they're kind of gonna fight so hard for it and rightfully so yeah, yeah I, mean, I agree I
1: their frustration there sorry deck i mean i can see their frustration there i feel like that reason there is another reason that the idea of the Promoting 2 is probably overlooked in a way. Because you've got teams, and this is just like theories thrown around that I've seen on various National League pages, but you've got Fould and Ebsleet, or uh, two, or well, at least were, I know Ebsleet probably not as much now with the financial troubles, but filed, two of the most financially stable clubs in the National League. And then you take them away and you chuck a, a Brackley and the Slough have never been there. Ultimately, it looks to affect the national league, and I, I I do actually feel like that's probably played a part in them that original proposal.
0: Yeah, definitely. I kind of feel like, well, at least say the kind of I say to me like conspiracy theorists earlier, but the idea of like protecting your file to have this football league plan until twenty twenty two. If you if you relegate file, that's not going to happen now. Like in the kind of nicest way possible, it'd be very hard to go back to back. I off think Salford is the only bro. team off the top of my head I can think who have gone back-to-back. Back. Probably and not for Wimbledon? Oh, uh, yeah, Wimbledon. I should know they're... that.
1: Kedwell scored. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but before that, there's going to be very few, like say, so Yeovil loitered around in the conference for years before they got their chance. To look, go look, to the re- re- look at Recton. Yeah, 16 years now. We're going into a 17th season next year so obviously they're not going to go up now, which is ridiculous because they're a massive club and you go there and You see that stadium. You see, obviously, there's the terrace that's never open anymore, and it's got weeds growing out of it. But you can imagine that ground in its heyday in an unbelievable atmosphere, and it still generates something very good now, and gets three thousand plus every single week. I mean, I, I, I was watching BT
1: Sport the other day on the Football Classics, and they knocked Arsenal out the FA Cup.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks for the reminder, mate. Cheers. Sorry. <laughs> just, <laughs> cheers, mate. Just
1: just to show how tough it is once you fall into the the cycle of the National League how hard it is to get out and you can see why they're campaigning so hard to try and climb divisions and why i Fleet and Maidenhead and even Chorley now just trying to fight just to stay in the division
0: yeah we think Chorley is a strange one really because if it does go ahead and they go down on their own if promote two doesn't happen they'll be the only team in non-league football like completely to be relegated and do you think that's unfair
1: I don't want to sound like really harsh, but they've been the worst team. Yeah, I mean, like,
0: is it 24 points? 26, I think. But you might be right with 24. It's somewhere mid-20s. Like, it's, it's kind of like
1: hard to argue. And if you're not going to send up Haven and York, and then you've got to stop King, Willstone and Kingslip, one of them from coming up, like, how do you do that? How can you stop one of them champions going up? I don't think you can justify that at all, say so one of Will's say things there. I mean, in my eyes, like I said earlier, I can't. I'm standing here and I, I agree with promote two via playoffs. I don't think you can keep any of the. I mean, it's three, it's not four, is it? So maybe yeah. stay up. I mean, you, you can't justify Fild and Fleet staying up. And that's coming from a Fleet fan for over 13 years. Like, we.
0: Backs uh, against the wall, we, we, we deserve to go down.
1: <laughs> but that's like you've said before, though many a time that
0: that's what it costs you for having a bad August, September, because that's a third of your season right there. I think it was nine games in August this year, then you've got another five games in September.
1: I think the nine games in August we had one point, and then the last thirty games we sit 16th in the league. But it, like, it's not a competitive It's not like a knockout competition. Like you, you build points, and that's where you are
0: yeah just cuz it was a longer period of time between games cuz it wasn't monday tuesday friday monday with like bank holidays and stuff like cuz obviously that's what it is in for that summer period if you don't amass well, you got, the points then i mean for
1: teams like ebsfleet and uh, Maidenhead, we pretty
0: much built two new
1: squads from last season so it was always going to be difficult but yeah i think i think the, the writing's on the wall now just quickly think- with an elite elite tag I wanted to, because when Deck was talking about I wanted to bring it up. But where do you guys stand with it? Because when I think of elite football, I think of like top level Champions League. And I think that word is a horrible word to compare to to when, you, when you're classing a part-time and a full-time club. And I feel like the wording really needs to be worked
0: on. I mean, the wording of elite. That's why I kind of football. said it was a grey area, because it, I, I agree it, they need to put full-time in there. They, like full-time needs to be added to that definition I think because to be an elite footballer that has to be your profession like your bread and butter and, and to be a professional footballer you can't be part-time that's, that's just my opinion personally so they, they, to make that less of a grey area I think they should add full-time into it although again you know you could be earning a full-time wage without being full-time you know like £800 a week to a lot of people is a full-time wage but there's part-time footballers that are on that so it is kind of, it's, it's definitely a grey area, but I think if you add full time in there, that, that solves a lot of your problems. I don't know about but you, Sam. I think looking at that word elite again, I think that kind of has been Twitterfied in the sense that when you say the word elite, you don't your finger players, oh, that player's so elite because he did this thing, he did that thing. You, um, Ronaldo, Messi, I kind of, think if you're talking in terms of the ability, the elite is the best of the best. And that is your, Ronaldo's, your Messi's, and that's probably it at the moment, really, you can be class at that world-class elite level. But in terms of, say, elite in kind of a job circumstance, that could be, say, the top 1% of footballers in our country will play at step six and above. So is that the elite? It's, it's kind of... That's it's a, what I'm thinking. So like, it's hard to find yeah. that balance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, think you was, do need to be in the top 1% to be an elite at anything. If you're in the top one percent of media uh, professionals, then you're going to be an elite media professional. You know what I yes. mean? So that you need, you definitely yeah. need to be in the top one percent of that, of that bracket that you're trying to uh, trying to assess there. So if that's if that they need to work that out themselves and you know work out how many people play in this country and things like that before they can come to that judgment it's going to I mean, be if- the podcast is starting
1: to countdown with definitions <laughs> of words
0: <laughs> We're
1: right on next week's
0: <laughs> but I do believe it's relevant though in the sense that because it's such like say Dex said it's a grey area like we actually don't know what any of it means and I think it is the government covering its own back really so in case there's a second spike they could be like no nah, that's not happening but the Premier League can happen because the Premier League can happen because it's in such a controlled environment whereas say the National League and National League South is going to be a lot harder, a lot less harder controls as the club's involved in due to finances and stuff like that. But, so I think that's more, in a sense, it's not been as kind of tightly, kind of, tightly written because it gives them that chance to be like, to sack it off if they need to sack it off.
1: Yeah, it's, I just feel like, it, it, that using that word, it's just made it so much worse for the whole situation. Because now you've got York who are a football league club for four or five seasons back to back and then back to back relegations. And now they're gone from being a professional football league club to not being classed as elite. So yeah, this is the problem.
0: Everything in the air. This is Because you've got two clubs, it's York City and having a Waterloo bill. They're, in, they're not in an elite league, but they are full-time players. Every single time. player is having awful time. Yeah. So that, that, they're, they're both kind. Both of them teams are stuck in an area where they are one thing, but they're not the other. So that's yeah. why it's, so, it's an extremely grey area when you're talking about elite sport in that definition. If you look in those playoff as well, they're probably the only full-time club involved out of all those teams there. So I know for a fact Slough aren't full-time. I know at least last season Bath weren't full-time. I don't know if that's changed now. I'd be surprised if it has, but. My knowledge of the north isn't great either, but I can't imagine I that. Who's that? Sorry, I don't think Dartford are. No, I don't think they are either. Dartford are. No, Dartford aren't. I don't think any. I think haven't are. Yeah, I can't talk much for the north, but I know I'm pretty sure in the south that haven't are the only full time squad in that play. A Dulwich not full time in Dulwich are full time, but they're not anywhere near a playoff place. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying <laughs> in the, in the, the south, south is. As... South in general. Oh they... yeah, so uh, there's there's three. So, okay, so in general, there's I'm pretty sure, as far as I know, there's three full-time clubs in the south, um, which is obviously haven't Dulwich, um, Hamlet, and uh, Maidstone as well. You know, Ricky. Probably, Probably no, not anymore. Tampling being gone. No, so. they're not. They're not anymore. Yeah, it's um, it's a unique gone. situation, isn't it? Because obviously. Uh, we'll go with that buzzword again is unprecedented. It's because it really is, and especially for non-league football as well, because everything below step two has been sacked off by the FA, which was probably a little bit too keenly Regional. done, to be honest. But um, that is what it is now. But so yeah, the likes of Hungerford are very, very lucky um, <laughs> because they're not in this conversation <laughs> for relegation. But. Um, I do think there is no right answer and that's where I think the National Leagues had to be like, you guys decide, all oh, you guys are involved in playing this, this is your problem and we're just going to give you the framework for it, but they can't decide on that framework and I think that's where they've gone wrong in the sense that they I've haven't had theory. that framework set up for months now. Go on, Harry. I've
1: got a theory to put forward to the National League. Okay. I think all, all the 23 other clubs might disagree, but last game that was played was Halifax against Edmonton. <laughs> Halifax for the playoff position. We won the game. They go down, we're in the playoffs.
0: I can't <laughs> argue it. I really can't argue it. <laughs> you did play well that game, to be fair. But I'd say Halifax aren't a team that say I'd be particularly worried about going into the playoffs because the two times we've played them, they haven't really had or go that much bite about them. Because we played them with 10 men at Hewish Park and they had nothing. Like, we had 10 men for 80 minutes and 1 2 0. No. Admittedly, the second goal was marginally offside. just <laughs> about like 10 yards. The like, <laughs> worst offside have call I've ever like seen. <laughs> but, like, on the kind of ebb and flow of that game, we battered them. Like with 10 men, it was just baffling. <laughs>
1: I mean, I know they spanked 5 Fleet first game of the season, but <laughs> minus setback, major comeback, and that's what we saw at the shade.
0: Yes, and so you're going to be seeing next season in the National League South. <laughs> 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 well, I, I do think, think we've be... done well to uh, some predictions? Yes, for, um, what a plan that we do we all know that is going to happen. That is the National League playoffs, which um, are ever more likely. Uh, we we'll sort of, you Sam. What are your predictions going into uh, the playoffs? I can't go away from my heart, can I? Like, use got, it. Use this. I've use got, this. got, back, I've got back the boys. So Yeovil are going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't not. They're coming up. Go on, boys or yours? What are the um, tyres? Just So, so to... it will be. I've got them here. Um, I think Yeovil will be buying it. Yovel Barnet, Borenwood Halifax, and the winner of Yovel Barnet will play Knotts County, and the winner of Bornwood Halifax will play Harrogate. My, my, uh, we, my, I reckon Borenwood
1: Harrogate, and then
0: Yovel. Not. Yeah, I can agree. I with don't. That. I don't think Boreham Wood are going to win that game. So the issue is who uh, they got uh, contracted. Wood don't think
1: Harrogate, but the home for me was the Yovel County game. <laughs> Me and Sam spoke about this last week, and we both have a feeling that Knott's are still training.
0: Um, I'm not gonna I would comment say... my opinions on this, but I would feel like they are. Just the fact they've announced the training squad particularly early, so I would imagine they are training now. <sighs> yeah,
1: I think what, I you to... now. my heart's saying Yeovil. Be... I really want Yeovil to really get off of the. season. <laughs> Yeah, I'm it's gonna just... go. I'm gonna go Harrogate final, and I'm gonna go nots to go all the way up as well. Oh, don't do this. Oh, don't sorry, do this. Mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I agree. I agree. with, I agree with
1: I squad sizing in
0: playoffs. It. Just they got a 25 man as well. Like it's ridiculous. Good joke. Yeah, joke. I've
1: been squad. Then I've got friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do think though, like say next season, getting them. And their kind of new financial muscle out of it will make the league a slightly more level playing field. Because I think next season, they were always going to be the favourites to shoot straight, well, shoot up because of... So if they they do go up, obviously, but having that, say, financial muscle and squad size, so on and so forth. And, And if they go up and five go down, it's a very competitive league
1: next season financially.
0: Yes, I do. I can agree with that. There's so mm. obviously everyone's going to be struggling with the impacts of coronavirus. There's no one particularly there I cut off the top mm. of my head that's massively well off. Um, I think Wrexham are somewhat okay, but I might have to be fact checked on that. Um, Eastley are okay as well, I think financially because they were sold by the guy that now owns Sunderland to a relatively wealthy guy, I think, um, and I can't. Think of anyone else that's particularly minted, as it were. We were a theme park away from being the biggest. <laughs> <Why don't we
1: laughs> you love to let one go,
0: mate. I think. <laughs> the theme park idea, it, it got let go pretty quick, mate.
1: That's why if we <laughs> brought our local MP into it, we'd be down within seconds. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Oh, it's a real shame. <laughs> Loved right, by
1: A few, hated by many, absolutely not at FC.
0: Yeah, well, well, I'm sure we'll probably touch on this topic again next week when it's all a little bit more set in stone. And I'm sure the teams, at least in the National League, will probably be making their ways back to training officially or not. But um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully we can hear a bit more about that. And I kind of somewhat at the other end of the spectrum in football now, we have... Something else restarting this week. Mr. Dole, do you want to talk us through the Premier League? The elite football is back. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is Premier the top League 1%. Returned,
1: the Premier League returns Wednesday. We've got two games. We've got uh, the only game where fans will be in the stadium as Chris Wilder and Billy Sharp, <laughs> Sheffield United. What are
0: you going there? That's, that's what you call a curtain raiser, isn't it? That is what's going to get all the public excited for Sheffield United against Aston Villa. Well, it's
1: genuinely going from what will be an unbelievable direct game of football to at eight o'clock, a ticky tacker, side to side, Arsenal versus Man City game. And I'm, I'm just so excited for it to be back. It's it's like the peep show meme. Football, football, football. <laughs> 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 it's going to be brilliant. Oh um,
0: yeah, I'm um, obviously right, say Dak, I mean, your just... side's involved in the um, first day. How are you feeling ahead of going into it? Um, I was confident after we um, won the pre-season friendly. Our Charlton we beat. I think we beat Charlton 6-0. Then <laughs> I was like, quietly confident. I was like, Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola don't know what's coming in. And then we we kind of flopped and we lost three to our own to Brentford (laughs) behind closed doors friendly as well. And then I was like, "Mm, all that confidence has kind of just gone in one game. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I mean, mean, City uh, are renowned for for giving us a bit of a hiding uh, in recent times. Um, I don't think it will be as bad because I think I feel like the game will be a lot slower purely because they're just getting back into the swing of things. I don't think the game will be as fast paced. As City may like, so I still think they'll win. Probably, I reckon two one City. I'd love it if they've got a result there. It's been a while. I think we're more likely <laughs> going to see some bigger scorelines because the technically gifted players that you always hear like are so good in training are going to have that kind of training ground atmosphere around it. So I think your likes of say, Nicholas like Gabriel Jesus, yeah. yeah. To be fair, Pepe, but I think that Man City side. Without any external influence whatsoever, is going to batter you. <laughs> and I'm yeah. so we're going to get ruined. <laughs> like, they can I hear think peps they every word.
1: Who took the drills?
0: <laughs> the Arsenal manager. Exactly. You know, exactly. Mate, Arteta is what made Pep Guardiola in this country. Who loved the narrative? Surely, surely we're going to get a result. the
1: first two games, the narrative, but actually, is actually beautiful. It's it, is
0: good, isn't it? <laughs> it is good in it. It's nothing beats it. Oh, I, I I do think Man City beat you, though. Like You can say whatever you want about I, Mikel Arteta. Yeah. <laughs> I, <can't laughs> no, I agree. I do agree. <laughs> no, you know you're playing the top six side when I'm saying Arsenal are going to lose. So, yeah, <laughs> that's just uh, the way it is. Um, yeah, obviously, then, technical. you've got Man United Tottenham on Friday as well. Big Marcus Rashford's obviously had a great few weeks in terms of the things what he's done. So, a lovely, nice shout out to him. But... um. Yeah, going into that, it's quite a tasty affair, to be honest. Obviously, uh, Jose Mourinho coming against United for the second time since he left um, quite a few players yeah. back from injury. Rashford, who we mentioned earlier, Pogba, Harry Kane, um Heung-min's son as well, uh, obviously returning from up. military duty. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a ridiculous game with two full-strength sides that are probably very evenly matched.
1: Yeah, beginning of the season on paper. I mean, Bruno Fernandes is a player, but still, on paper, probably two of the most evenly matched sides. As a Spurs fan, I've got another gripe because the small nick come out, the Jaffet 10 gangers to be ruled out the game. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought. We've had all these players return from each. I want to know what our medical staff's doing and what we're doing in training. Are we just having like a full-on royal rumble? Because so- <laughs> I've read today, Eric Lamella, in the first six years of his career, missed 10 games. Since he's been at Spurs, he's missed 97 games of football. <laughs>
0: What is what? coming on? That's like pretty start much start two seasons.
1: It's literally, it, I just can just imagine it, just all piling in on each other. <laughs> I, but on Il-Z, back to the game, I think it will be quite a balanced game. Um, even as a, I, I don't feel confident. Do you not? I do like the look, like the look of this Man United team. And yeah, um, I think
0: it's explosive, isn't it? So you've got the likes of your Rashfords, your Martial, and you've got Pogba in behind. You've got you've got options in that midfield, really. Because Scott McTominay is a player who I will back to the hilt as an unbelievable footballer. Fred has really come into his own this season. Obviously, then you've got the likes of say your Pogba's, your Matters, your yeah. Bruno Fernandes. It. Like it's a ridiculous mix in that midfield. I mean, I'm I'm quite excited to see what I'd
1: assume now after. Three months of what I would like to think he'd be doing tra- uh, fitness training, but a fully fit Tangi and Domboli. Yes. I'm quite excited to see to see him match up against Pogba in there. Technically, that would be quite good. Um, nice to have Birdwine back after playing two games and getting injured. Also, <laughs> Son Kane. Be interesting to see how much Kane plays in these tight period of fixtures because I think we're Friday, Wednesday,
0: Saturday. It's a game every three days, isn't it? Now until the end of the season. It's pretty much a game on telly yeah, every day. So, I mean, and
1: where it's about. So, in terms of what we do with a striker, it's going to be really managing Harry Kane to the best we can. So, it's going to be tough. I mean, the Spurs Man United games, from what i it's, it's, it's always quite a tight affair. I mean, I know we beat you 3 0 at Old Trafford last year, but there's, there's been some times you've given us some good hidings. But recently, it's been a, a goal in it. And I, to be honest, I see that
0: going Man United's way Friday night. I do think if you look at the game earlier on in the season, as much as it was kind of, I think it was 2 1 or 3 1, it was quite a close scoreline. Mm-hmm. But, um, United um, dictated the game yeah. for the whole 20 uh, minutes. I've not, I've, not, I've not
1: seen them play that well on the ball and look so comfortable in possession, probably since probably Van Gaal. I mean, like, yeah, not gonna say maybe like, this th- season there, we, there, we uh,
0: finished second uh, under Mourinho, we were kind of battering sides a bit. He, In terms of ball playing, you just looked a threat every time you was on it. Um, I do think Rashford had a lot to play that game, though, because he was... I think that definitely was his best game in a Man United shirt because everything that was good about the game went through him. He ran that left channel brilliantly. I think he scored both goals as well. It's just a really kind of overall brilliant performance from Manchester United, but especially Marcus Rashford.
1: And to be fair, even our goal in that, which... Pulled it back quite quickly was just a moment of brilliance from Ali. So yes. it's not like it was something that we would, were working towards where we had you on the back foot for 10 minutes. It was genuinely just plucking the ball out of the air, turning and volleying. <laughs> <laughs> it, makes, it sounds so simple when if you say it like that. But yeah, no, I do Sometimes think you know, that's what will well settle the game, though. Yeah. Uh, I will be shocked if we can get three points. And if you were to
0: say to me, now take a point, I would. Yeah, um,
1: it'll be an intriguing one.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's a lot of the Premier League, though. That there is going to be moments of brilliance now. That's going to kind of spark games because, as I say earlier, no external pressures. Who's the best players in the Premier League? This their chance to come to the forefront now because there's no excuses. They are on their own playing a game of football against eleven other men, and that's it. I kind of think the final game so, okay. we probably should go into is Everton Liverpool. That's exactly where <laughs> um, Obviously, if Arsenal do a favour for um, Liverpool on Wednesday night, this could be their crowning moment after twenty plus years. Um, boys, what are we thinking out of that one? I, just, I think Liverpool will be well up for it. I think even yeah. even if City get a result against Arsenal, I just I think the fact that they they have been given this opportunity to now actually win their title because it is their title, let's mm. let be honest. Um, I think now that they've been given the opportunity, they're going to be really fired up. You can imagine Jordan Henderson in the changing room and in the in the in the dugouts before uh, before kickoff going absolutely mental trying to ramp these players up and get them ready for kickoff. <laughs> you, you can you can already see it. I mean to be fair to Jordan Henderson, he may not be the most gifted footballer, but I find I just imagine he is a really good motivator. And like that, that's probably why he's he is captain of Liverpool, and he's been so instrumental for um, England in the last few years as well. Um, I, just, I can just imagine them being really fired up. You know, a player like Salah, and I feel like Firmino, like you talk about with these players that really perform in training. This is going to be an opportunity. I feel like Bobby Firmino is that type of player who doesn't yes, he may not quite yeah. show everything. <laughs> doesn't quite show everything on the pitch in front of thousands of people, but. I can just imagine on training, technically, it's just absolutely unreal and probably blows people away. So he's going to be a player in that sort of bracket that he may turn up and really uh, turn on the style. So him and Salah might really um, prove to be really impactful in the last couple of games they need. Um, and yeah, I just see Liverpool being really fired up and obviously that extra element of um, a Merseyside derby as well, which, which will hype up both sides, but that'll really be a catalyst as well to really drive Liverpool to, uh, to three points, I'd imagine. Talk about the other end of that spectrum as well. You've got Everton involved, who um, obviously haven't had the most spectacular of seasons, as it were. But is this kind of a good chance to say the likes of even a Jordan Pickford to come out and be like, look, I should be England's number one because you've got Dean Henson involved on Wednesday night who could also continue to stake a claim because you've got literally the nation's eyes on you now because there's nothing else to really do at the moment. So... And football's largely on a lot of three-view platforms, so this is a great chance for everyone to prove themselves, Well, especially the Everton Liverpool game, because that's on free view for everyone to watch. So I can imagine that'll pull a massive audience. Yeah, I think everyone kind of has their individual motivations, uh, as well as the overall team motivation, which both clubs will have uh, going into that one. But uh, there's obviously an, a little bit of an added pressure because it's free to air and things like that, but I feel like these footballers are used to that now. They've been in the Premier League for so long. And even though it is, as you say there, it is maybe more pressure than they've ever um, experienced in their career. I'd imagine that they're they're just going to take that in their stride. Um, So you might see, even though the fitness levels might not be up there, you may see someone like a Jordan Pickford really come out of his shell and really produce a few saves. Maybe his distribution might be very good as well um, for Everton. So um, we just have to wait and see, really. But I feel like... Everton will want to spoil the party, even though I feel like an Everton win won't stop Liverpool winning the league anyway. That's Exactly, I think for the, for the for the fans that aren't in the stadium, they'll be will be at least they'll be able to say, well, we beat that title winning side. So, but, you know, as I say, everyone's got their individual motivations. So, I just think Liverpool will be well up for it. So. Do we think Liverpool can go on to the rest of the season unbeaten? Well, obviously, they have lost that one game now, but can they continue that, or at least regain that hot streak again? Definitely. I don't I, 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 see,
1: I don't. I know they've got to play City, and like we've mentioned, City, in terms of a training ground, they've got so many technical players that can change things. But this Liverpool team is mentally... They've, that, that defeat in Kiev... Is probably one of the biggest switches I've seen of a football side in a long time. They they literally look so hard to beat. You can see on the pitch like they. there's not even been a time where they've actually been. Like I know when they was against Watford, they sort of once the second one went in, they sort of rolled over a bit. But I don't know if you two can actually remember a time at the top of your head where you thought you actually didn't back Liverpool to win a game this season. Because even uh, going into that city game at Anfield, I, I still thought you know what they're going to win this.
0: Right. Um, Watching the game against United at Old Trafford, what, like, when United were 1-0 up, I never felt like we're going to lose this game. But I've always felt like they could score. But as those seconds ticked on, I know, obviously leland scored like the 86th minute, but even after they got that goal, I wasn't like, oh, we're going to lose this. It was, I don't know, they just, they seem to, their only real kryptonite is Old Trafford has been in, over the last few years. And it conti- seems to continue to be well, continue, well, probably continue to be for the future. So they're quite lucky in the sense that they haven't got to come here again, but I don't think that would change anything. But apart from that, I think you're right in the sense that they haven't really. And the Atletico game as well, they were on top for all of it. And that was just a game where I just think the ball didn't drop for them. Yeah. No, I, think, I think with the away leg, the first leg at Atletico, I, I, as soon as um, they, Atletico scored early on, just, I've, I've seen Atletico do it so many times to... To the best teams in in the in the uh, in the continent, and I just after watching that game, sort of you knew by half time that Atletico were going to win, whether it was by one or two. You just you knew Liverpool weren't going to score because they've given almost everything in just that first half alone. After they went behind, so I mean it was they could have made a few substitutions, but you look at you were looking at it thinking, well, what else can they really give? And I think once the game opened up at Anfield, it, it did work in their favour, but. You know, Atletico on the counter-attack They were just lethal um, You do look at an so Atletico And, right. and um, on the defence especially They are a freak of nature And I know that you are a big fan of them And you've ah. seen them enough times No, no, they're ridiculous um, I think their back line Even with Trippier They're just, they're just ridiculous um, They've always been um, well drilled as well Obviously Simeone's I, I think he, he's I wouldn't want to watch him every week one of his teams, but <laughs> when, when, you, when, you watch, when you watch them on the one-off occasion, you are amazed by their shape and uh, the way they can just track uh, the opposition's players when they're trying to make so runs right Exactly. I mean, I watched them over two legs in the Europa League semi-final against Arsenal a couple of years ago, and they were, we just weren't going to score. We scored one goal, and even when we, we were, they had 10 men uh, at the Emirates for the majority of the first leg as well. He scored one goal halfway through the second half, but even even if you get past that defence, you've got to get past arguably the best goalkeeper in the world as well, <laughs> Jan Oblak. I think he's I think he probably. Is. And he, I've never seen. He probably is exactly. And when he when that game at the Emirates, it's one of the best individual goalkeeping performances I've seen in life. He he, other than the Lacazette goal, he saved everything, and he was actually robbed of a clean sheet pretty much as well. With with ten men, with nine outfield players in front of him as well, they lost. Um, uh, their Croatian, like, I can't remember his name, but he was in the Croatian World the Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, he was he got sent off really early on, so they they only had four, still four defenders, and, and only nine outfield players. So to 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 do what they did against us, and I've seen them more times recently as well. They're just ridiculous. And at home, when they're playing at um, the Wanda Metropolitano, they're just they are very difficult to beat. I think only. Chelsea and a couple of other clubs have even beat them at their new stadiums. So they really are just a joke defensively. Over um, two legs, I think mean, there's a stat about Diego Simeone teams that in the Champions League, the only teams they've actually lost to in a two legged tie is a team that features Cristiano Ronaldo. And I think that says it all. Because mm. to go through Europe and beat pretty much everyone you can't against, apart from that absolute freak of nature that that man is, I think you can accept that as being. A very—they've become the nearly men of European football, to be honest. Because any other era of football, I'd probably say maybe that prime Barcelona team in 2008. They might not, but any other kind of stretch of football, they a team that good defensively would have won the Champions League at some point over that period, and they are so unlucky not to have. Because now you've—they've beaten probably one of the best teams the Premier League's ever seen, and relatively comfortably for. Their standards, to be honest. And I think that they don't get enough kind of commendation for that. And if you look in the context of football in history, they will go down as probably one of the best defensive sides of all time. Yeah, I, I, agree. I
1: think like, if you think, I remember watching the um, 2014 Champions League final of the Lea Decima. And like, I think they went ahead quite early and they was just they defending did, yeah. for about 70 minutes. And you just didn't see Madrid scoring. You just, you sort of gave up for Madrid. And then they scored. And even extra time, you think they're not going to crack it. And I mean, it's so unfortunate. Was it a penalty to make it 2-1 and then just another two flew in? Yeah. You the players they've had, like Courtois goes, replaces, get Oblak. Their transfer policy is just... Can you do enough anymore? Falcao, like, Costa. No, Golden's not there anymore. Yeah. Godin's I mean, it's just the they way they're they are playing. Got, um,
0: Lucas Hernandez, I think. Yeah, and they've got like, Jimenez like, as well. Yeah, they got Jimenez, so they're just ridiculous. they they You're right with the transfer policy. They're absolutely nuts. And you think Thomas Partey is one of the next big CDMs to to come out of Europe as well? And he's and there's a, no yeah, doubt they're they're a, exactly. they'll replace him. Exactly. They probably will end up replacing him with someone far cheaper and probably on the same level. <laughs> so you know what I mean. If Arsenal had that transfer policy, would be the best team in England for about five years. But, you know, these things happen. Things so. that if he wanted to, they could invest the money they get in getting like a Milinkovic-Savic or someone like that who would have that kind of similar powerhouse in the midfield but obviously a bit more kind of box-to-box with him. But that was Scream like a, a, the only
1: sort of player as well. He, he likes that sort of player.
0: Yeah, I agree. He hasn't no, done it massively um, on the big stage but I think that is a very Atletico Madrid transfer. They've got the Griezmann yeah, money as well still. Which I don't think they They didn't stash at all last summer, I oh, don't think. Maratta Marata. a, a chunk How of much change, was he? to be fair. I think he was about 60. Yeah, 60. yeah I
1: think he, Chelsea Jesus made Christ. a hefty profit on him. Yeah, he was a lot of money. Chelsea made yeah, yeah, profit I think on Morata. I, I, I think it was 17 million. 17? Oh that's, that's
0: more than what I had in my fair. to be fair. I thought, it was about, I thought they made about 5 million. I'm I I very, be very surprised wrong. On that. Tran- Chelsea Chelsea transfers are not the top of my knowledge, I'm afraid. No, <laughs> not at I am about the bird, Yeah, so I'm um, kind of going a bit vaster than the European stage now. Let's look back on the world stage. And um, the World Cup began two years ago this week. And some great memories, I think, for us Englishmen. Um, what, what do you kind of take away from that summer? Go on, deck. I'll let you start. Um, my only takeaway was that we can actually take penalties and score them. Um, <laughs> which is something I, I doubted before uh, the start of this tournament. Um, obviously Colombia um, beating them on penalties was a, was probably the highlight for me personally. Um, unfortunately I missed the, uh, the Kieran Trippi free kick. It's a great story. Actually, we were coming home from, uh, a Greek Island Crete. Um, me and, uh, a few of my mates and, uh, we were we were flying in from Gatwick and we flew in and left Gatwick about three hours before kick off, so around four o'clock in the afternoon. On was it a sat? Was it? I think it was, it was a Wednesday, Friday, was night. It? Friday, night. Friday night. Friday night. Okay. Nine it wasn't. I days. don't know. I went out afterwards, so oh, I, I think don't it was normally. Wednesday
1: Because the final was on the Sunday, so I don't assume. Yeah. Either. No, it
0: must I have been. I thought
1: it was a Wednesday. I thought it was a Wednesday. Anyway, I I we work at a shoe shop the next day, so it actually wasn't. <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs>
0: I think I'd work at a on the Thursday as well, so it may well have been a Wednesday. Um, but uh, we we left in this cab from Gatwick about uh, four o'clock, and I live if if the coast if the roads are clear, you get home in about an hour from Gatwick from where I am. Uh, and it literally took the whole three hours to get home, and even a little That's bit what longer. What hello, a cab <laughs> fare? <laughs> the traffic, uh, luckily, it was a fixed cab fare, so um, oh, okay. you know, that was all good. Um, but what wasn't good was that there seemed to be loads of traffic until bang on 7pm and all of a sudden the cars had disappeared. And so for five minutes into the game, we were, um, we were still getting back to mine. And as the cab pulled up outside my house, the guy had it on in the radio. He said, Kieran Trippi is lining up for a free kick as we pull into the road. And I was just like, he's going to score this and I'm going to miss it. And what happened exactly that? And I missed probably the best moment for many England fans for many many years. I still equate the club penalty as better than that. So, so don't feel okay. That's that makes me feel a little bit better because I watched the whole of that and that was actually unreal. Because <laughs> so, yeah. I, I see I see posts on Twitter all the time. and It's like this is where our life peaks, and it's that shot from in the middle of the crowd of Trippier's free kick mid take, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, but when you put it into context, it's not. Now obviously, no. it felt really good at the time. And, like, when it went in, everyone was like, no doubt we'll get into a World Cup final. But um, we were shocking that game at some point. Um, I didn't <laughs> when that went in. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> but um, yeah. I always think the penalties, like, actually, that was what won us the game. Like, I was in a Weatherspoons at the time. And, oh, my God, the scenes. It was amazing. Like, I've never seen it like the roof was disgusting right there. Like it was just sticky. <laughs> but it was like honestly, and even Harry Kane's goal against Tunisia as well. I think it's kind of overlooked a little bit. But that was unreal as well. Like admittedly, oh it yes, to beat Tunisia. In the back post. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, that is that
1: really. So I was watching that one at home, and then the six 0 in Panama. I was in Zanti and that was just <laughs> that was just odd. That was just so odd. Like very much, we struggled and we just keep seeing goals happening. <laughs> it felt like a pre-season. I think mean, it was just so it? funny. I remember cheering with Panama's goal because <laughs> it just did. so <laughs> Oh, It, it did. It, like, when, like, they Norwich go to lower stuff in pre-season just to support <laughs> the locals. <laughs> I, um, I didn't actually put the Columbia one in the pub, which is a bit regretful now looking back on it, but the trippy one went in and just the pure elation and then smelling of Carlsberg throughout that in the next <laughs> week. <laughs>
0: Can I ask a question, actually? Go what on. I know that this this practice happened before and has happened since the World Cup, but was mainly highlighted at this World Cup. Why do people throw beer when a goal goes in? I don't know. I I'm a culprit for it, and I don't know why I do it. I actually don't. See, I've never I've never done it
1: ever. I take, but I, I just don't open understand. Open I don't I don't get why. Here.
0: I care more about the goal going in than the beer. So I forget I have a beer and have, I've got a beer can here. There's not one I've used. And like, it just goes. And I don't know where it goes, but it just flies away and never Listen, to be seen again. I'm a big advocate of limbs. I'm a big advocate of well, limbs. Oh, they support the limbs. Please it's compose usually... themselves
1: and keep hold of their alcoholic beverage when they goal I mean, in, oh. in Dortmund last year when Spurs played, I was going to the toilets. I was on the stairs. Soko threaded came through and Kane scored. And just because I was on the, like the middle, just so much beer coming hitting me as I was. <laughs> going to out of oh my I was just God! In the middle. It was honestly. I think there was more beer in that away and then
0: probably the pub when Trippier scored against Croatia. It I just, don't know, because mine was like honestly. i they had to replace the like the stuff on the roof ceiling. after that World Cup. Yes, see, and I meant that. Like it wow. was disgusting. <laughs> like there's. Right before they did it, you'd look up to it and it would just be a sad reminder of what happened. You'd be like, Oh boys, remember that? And it'd be like, Oh, we lost <laughs> <laughs> That's why if if we'd have won if we'd have won that side, then that trivia goal would definitely have eclipsed them the penalty shooter. Oh without a but doubt. I think when you look at when you look back at it with the context of how the oh, how the man. time part panned out, you just for me didn't see the goal, didn't even get the yeah.
1: I remember when the when the full-time whistle blew so there's in the pub there's like a little there was it was separated into areas and like the area we was in it was like a like a function room a bit. So there's a TV there and a TV there and then like quite about about space about 150 people like in between and you just hear a massive thud and someone has punched the T V screen <laughs> You just see half of the ITV studio. So it looked like Gary Lineker was just talking to himself. Not Gary Lineker, you know, like, oh, that ITV bloke was just talking to himself. And then Adrian the television Charles. started hanging off. And you just see this bloke getting picked up and carried out of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone was just, just sat there like...
0: It was heartbreaking. <laughs> I remember, I, 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 I put you know, some water pictures water on the water screen water. while I But my town after England won, like... To give context, I live in, like, this really quiet seaside town that's got, like, average probably 20,000 people in, a bit more in the summer when it's on the holidaymakers. You don't understand what that place was like after England beat Columbia. I'll send you some pictures later, but they'll be on screen for those watching. Like, there are people jumping on cars, like, because it's, like, one long road down the high street, and um, there's, like, pubs dotted along it, and I was in the Spoons so that's, like, on the seafront, but we walked into town and then drove into town, and there's this, there's the Rowdy pub, as it were. And there's, like, TVs outside and everything. And I've never seen a place like it. Like, we're not known to being football fans near me, but, like, the place was, like, going off. Like, it was, like, in the concourse after you've just won the league. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a similar story, actually. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I'll send the clip to Sam because it's, uh, it's, like, a Snapchat video. It's about ten seconds or whatever, so... If you're watching on, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just imagine, picture, picture this scenario in your head. Basically, Eric Dyer just scored the penalty. Uh, there's people jumping on pool tables next to me, and like yanking down the pool table lights. Oh you know, my you god! Yeah. Ta- now you have like low pool table lights. People are, like throwing them down, and then because it was this pub. Was literally the most anti social distancing pub probably in the country. They picked <laughs> so many people in this pub, it was unbelievable. And it literally just spilled out. I think someone felt, I, I may be wrong, but someone may have fell out a window because it was like when people were like going out once the penalty had gone in. And this car park probably had about 20 cars, and there's just people everywhere. And literally, we're all just singing, It's Coming Home. And yes. like, I think every single person that was inside the pub ended up in the car park for about half an <laughs> hour, just like, seeing just It's Coming Home on Luke. And if football didn't peek me on that day, then I cannot wait for what the future holds in the sport because that was just ridiculous. I think that's, that's just how it kind of it felt at the time, wasn't it? Because the, the feeling after we won that was that we could take on the world. And that night is unmatched. I, I'm sorry, but we were like driving through town. Like, the last and it's coming home, like, past that pub when it was wild and stuff. Like, unbelievable. Like, I cannot get over that night.
1: To be fair, as an England fan, that whole summer is just unmatched.
0: Yeah, I regret could not going. Imagine,
1: could you imagine it being, like, if we went far in 2016? Because, like, we'd have just left, like, school, was it? Like, year 11. Yeah, I feel like 2016 was some reason. Life just felt so much easier back then. Yeah, but the issue is yeah, then we'd not we, go out to drink. Part-time. We didn't
0: work part-time. Yeah, that too, actually. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Somebody may game. have found a way around it, but legally, <laughs> <know the> <laughs> you would have not been drinking.
1: <laughs> game, I had to get to the pub. So, what was it? It was 7 seven thirty I had to get to I the pub. Like, whatever. I know I had to get to the yeah. pub for two o'clock because that's when they were reopening after like moving all the tables from a usual day in the pub. So, I was just sat in the pub for about five hours, just
0: <laughs> waiting. I, I can't remember what time I, I got there. We not that early. We had like a great spot. You honestly.
1: know the ITV like intro, like the. Dun 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 dun. So when that <laughs> came on the screen, people actually celebrated because they'd been there hours just waiting for the pre-match to come on.
0: That's amazing. And while you were sitting there for five hours drinking beer, I was stuck on the M25. So yeah, cheers. Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> Okay, to
1: no I remember because I went after the loss. I went across the road to the Chinese and just sat there, just half-arsedly eating some prawn crackers while I waited for my food to be cooked and just thinking, I'm never going to recover from this. <laughs> and then a year later, my beloved Spurs forgot to turn up in a Champions League <laughs> final. And it was the exact
0: same feeling. I remember um, that night. It was, because um, I watched it with all my mates from home and um so afterwards it was a Wednesday being a Wednesday it makes sense now. Like the local club to us has £1 drinks that night so we'd all agreed to go out and like we'd all kind of low-key thought we were going to win it because as much I think I was the only one that was a little bit worried to be fair about Croatia but everyone else was like oh it's Croatia oh. they'll be fine um, but Croatia are quite good as we saw but um, yeah so we have the most after we lose the game. He goes to one of my mates. And have the most depressing pre-drinks you'll ever see. Like we're just sat on his sofas playing a game of cards. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and then they um, we get in this club, right? And there's these obviously F come out after the England game. So there's people in England shirts, and they play it. it's coming home. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's obviously not. <laughs> I think I, I walked out.
1: I'm French. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, God. <laughs> like it was honestly this was one of the most sad moments of my life i think it was awful the thing is that summer was unmatched though because it was really hot what i remember now why it was so good because it was really hot in england for weeks i remember yeah. this now i, I think even oh, we in um, as well I looked, yeah you were in Zanti. i went i was in malia when um we beat sweden which is a bit of a anticlimactic game a i think we game. were expecting it to be quite anti-climactic. <laughs> we, were, we were expecting it to be quite anticlimactic anyway yeah it was a game that was we, we've, a had, we've had problems sport. with sweden we, we've had problems with sweden in the past but they were they not on our level at all that day um no. but then obviously you, you had even little things like drake coming out at wireless with the england shirt on you know things like that, which like Long at the stopped the time, time, time. you look back at that now and you think, why did we do that? But at the time, I was like, like loads of people were just like, this summer it's, it's, it's got to be like one of the best. And, would, uh, it probably is the best actually, to be fair, I think. I agree. Because Def- stories
1: well. are just coming back and back and back, is not they? Like the Sweden game that like you mentioned there. I got disciplined at work because <laughs> in the shopping, <laughs> in the shopping centre we worked outside the front was. Like the Sky people, I don't know if you've got them in your shopping centres. Yeah. and they had the game on, so I kept walking out with like my the tablet to scan shoes and stuff, and I just kept walking out the front and just like peeping. And then I had a half hour lunch, and I was gone for seventy minutes.
0: Yeah, I did the same. I was working at Tesco's at the time, and that was the only game I missed for work. And I was like, I was quite impressed with that because before I signed up for that job over that summer i was like right i'm gonna book days off when england could have games that was the one time i got it wrong and honestly it was um but we had a break room and you could just choose when you had your own breaks and because i was temp staff it was quite easy to hide so um i like missed the first like 10 minutes watched the game up until half time um did a little bit more work went back up for the rest of my break for like the last half an hour I then watched the rest of the game in the toilet so I missed 10 minutes of that game <laughs> and, and just the let Russia any Arabia... boys that are listening know we are very hard working individuals for your company oh yeah <laughs> we, we yeah. don't do this sort of stuff alright <laughs> no we've, we've
1: learned from, from our lessons now we would have taken holiday for the full four weeks of the game yes <laughs> um, and, um, but the Russian 70 Arabia game I even hid in the toilet and
0: watched about 25 minutes of that that was, an, that was a good game though, wasn't it? They battered them. Yeah, was that was the first game? Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, in sick yeah. form at the time. And it, it was obviously kicked off after the game's finished. And those people were trying to revise. But there's like a big projector at the front of our, um, like the massive study room, room, room we were in. So I logged onto that computer, turned the projector on and watched that game. And everyone's like, oh, was trying to work. I was like, I want to watch the football. <laughs> <laughs> and then our head I had a comes in, and everyone's like expecting to tell me top. off. And he's like, he just sits there and watching it with me. <laughs> what a hero. <laughs> it's
1: amazing. To be fair, if we won, I think I probably would have been let go from that job because I worked Thursdays, Sundays. I was doing overtime that Saturday at the Sweden game. So yeah. I didn't actually have to be there. I just took it like a month in advance. And um, I definitely would, I wouldn't have come into work. I just would have done, would have done a no-show, just been in the pub. <laughs> from the start, so I probably would have been let go. So Manzukic, you kept me working for a solid few more months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, I'd, like to, I'd like to reiterate what Dex said. We have, we have learnt from our mistakes and um, we won't do that again. And hopefully our jobs would be involving being there rather than um, skipping work for said events <laughs> <laughs> what a summer um, I wouldn't we'll look have done a kind of Tunisia game though <laughs> I can assure you that any employers I, I, I watched a concerning <laughs> amount of football that summer It's, but we'll, we won't get into that um, kind of we'll look a little bit ahead now obviously we were supposed to have a tournament this summer but do you think that tournament well the World Cup has given you hope in the sense of going into Euro 2021 now
1: I oh, so, sound like every England fan that's ever lived but it actually has and I don't think it should have no oh, I feel like Germany have got what, this, I, this is why I feel confident it's just breaking down other teams France is yeah. still probably cream of the crop
0: Germany I feel like
1: they've got worse I agree I agree Belgium on the decline
0: yeah think who their best players now Hazard hasn't exactly had the best of seasons De, Bruyne. De Bruyne's in his prime and you can't take that away from him Lukaku's very good I think especially on the international level but he's not going to be a player that well, I think is going to scare opposition the Derek Boyatta is
1: like the, the replacement for Vincent Company. <laughs> but, and the fact that
0: Wales beat them at Euro fine. 2016 can fill me with confidence yeah um, maybe that Holland, was five years ago by the Holland time have got better. Holland have got better but I still think we could probably beat them yeah we were unlucky in the Nations League I thought we played well that day yeah, I agree, actually. Italy? No, nah, got... we'd we beat Italy. We would beat yeah. them
1: they've got better. Spain, yeah. I'm confident we would beat.
0: So <laughs> am I. <laughs> I think they're terrible. <laughs> they, apart from I'm... Ramos, who have they got as a world-class player?
1: Yeah, but even Ramos. I close my eyes before I go to sleep, and I just see Eric Dyer just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be Sir, fair, please. that performance in Spain is what gives me hope that we are a genuine contender, because that night we were unbelievable. Yeah, That's absolutely. Raheem Sterling run the show that night, he was ridiculous. And you think those attacking options we've got Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling. Like it's unbelievable. Like when have we had that? Like even we've on we've got Williams coming, coming through as well. We've got wingers yeah. coming through. Hudson, Hudson and Doyle. I can, I can on be one of the best in
1: the world. Like Mason Mount, Daly Ali, James Madison and Jack Greenish.
0: Yeah. You've even got the likes of say your Browns and Williams who could have come through by then because he's a very, yeah. very good fullback. I don't think people are talking about him enough because of... And Ashley AC Young and Danny Rose
1: were in the, 20, the 2018 ones. And Luke Shaw... Did Luke Shaw Luke
0: go? Shaw didn't go, no. He was, I think he was injured yeah. at the time. But Luke Shaw's yeah. been very good this season as well. Yeah, exactly. And you've got so, like, Chris got... Smalling playing out of his skin in Italy. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You, be, you actually forget about him because he's not playing in the Premier League, which is an easy thing to do, actually, considering... You know, the most world, was things thing happening in
1: Italy, Italy. Was Ashley Young's hair growing back. <laughs>
0: It's I mad. saw that. He's got, he's got an immaculate
1: hairline. He's got a right-hand mostly bald for 10 years when he has no reason to.
0: Unless he's on a transplant and he's just not told anyone. They're Italian doctors. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah. I, I just am we, confident. i have got I, Chilwell the left-back as well. Don't forget. Alexander-Arnold can kind of play anywhere. Yeah, Right-back we had Trippier for the last tournament. Now we have the best right-back in the world. Harry has come on leaps and bounds. And then I, I think, think the most
1: only. Other... yeah, played for England.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've got um, Wamba Saka as well, if you want to chuck him. Like, Honestly.
1: I do that's... like, like Wamba Saka, but he probably will spend most of that tournament on the
0: bench. Yeah, of course. it is literally just is where you want to play Trent. That's all it is. You want to yeah. chuck him centre midfield. If you, you can. play Trent in centre midfield, then Wamba Saka will get games. Yeah, it's, that's, uh, that's literally right. it. Carl
1: Walker being taken to a tournament as a centre-half.
0: <laughs> Don't think yeah, we've him too far. We <laughs> got to a <our> World <laughs> Cup semi-final with a back three of Kyle Walker, John Stones, and Harry Maguire.
1: Yeah, and then in the biggest moment, with like ten minutes to go, they just forgot how to mark over their shoulder. <laughs> yeah, John, John I do Stone enjoy that It's gave up. In that yeah. time, he's like, it is, it is like
0: a, a like something that you think we probably would go far again, but. We'd go far, it's just whether we win it or not. I think we get to, I feel confident we might get to a final. No, we're I mean, like, We
1: come second in all 16 really? no. yeah. uh,
0: We're definitely no. a semi. Definitely a semi. Really? really? Nah, I'd yeah. say quarters. Quarters. Nah, top Port-
1: I didn't even mention Portugal one. Cause I still think we'd beat them as well.
0: It's just Ronaldo, yeah, isn't it? Is Portugal are <laughs> a dark horse, though. You think they're rubbish. But oh, then rubbish. somehow they just turn
1: up. They won the Nations League and the Euros. What is Ruben Neves going to do when Eric Dyer comes steaming through? <laughs> Eric Dyer is not going to be playing in an England.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel
1: like this is where by Sam Allardyce style of management. <laughs> which <laughs> lasted
0: him all of one game as England manager. <laughs> scored that brilliant penalty. He's probably given us the two, two of the best England moments of the last 10 years. The tackle on Ramos and the penalty. But at the end of the day, he's not very good. Right? Not very good for Russia that
1: stand. Free kick gets Russia gets overlooked as well.
0: Oh my god! Yeah. I saw that goal the other day. Like well. I am baffled what that we didn't win that, that game. <laughs> <a bad? laughs> I don't think he's taken a free still kick since.
1: <laughs> come onto a pitch for England with five minutes to go and just sh- shut the door. <laughs>
0: Then we bring him on against Colombia. then go on to concede, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, was there Dyer on the pitch?" Because, uh, <laughs> he had... the winning <laughs> Look at the team that finished the game against um Colombia. It is terrible. It's so difficult. I think we had two um. I think our, our midfield was made up of two out of three defenders. Like,
1: it was terrible. One thing that actually gets my nerves thinking back at that Columbia game is if we lost it, yeah, I actually probably wouldn't have m- never forgiven Jordan Henderson for doing kick up from the halfway line to the penalty spot. They're missing. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, when he done the kick. Oh, yeah.
1: remember that. It's like Gary Neville when he's going, they're what about Arsenal? They're walking at Wembley. He's doing kick-ups.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, is, do you think it's time for the hypothetical now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Right. So, this week's then. It's a bit inspired by for, we spoke about this briefly last week, not on the podcast, but obviously the last dance has done the rounds over the last few months and it's being probably one of the greatest sports documentaries of all time. So, if you can make a documentary about one player or team, past or present, do not have to be any good, um, who would you make one about and why? Um I really do you want to have a think, Harry, or do you want to go? Please go because I need to think. This is. <laughs> oh really? I, I I think the first thing that pops into my head is either thierry and or the Invincibles, which is kind of a mix of the two. You can kind of do it like Jordan, like Omri was Jordan. You know, Burkham was Scotty pimpin You know, things like <laughs> yeah. that. You can kind, of, you can kind of, you know, Dennis Rodman was Patrick Vieira. Um, <laughs> I don't think he was. I don't think he really would bleach his hair green, Patrick Vieira. I'm so lucky to. Imagine. He doesn't come across as that sort of character, does he? Uh. Um, but uh, yeah, I I definitely do the Invincibles team because I I don't I don't I, for some reason I just don't think there's enough about them in the media. Like they get brought up a lot, but you never really find out about players like Lauren and. You know things like that. So there's there's players that were in that team that that don't get any media attention at all. So I I probably I probably say them. I would I would want well <laughs> to be there.
1: All right. Now you're about to see the levels between someone who supports a team who have won lots of Premier Leagues and a team who have won a League Cup in the last 12 years. I'm probably going to go back to Eric Dyer because that would be one hell of a documentary. <laughs> to be fair, growing he has a brilliant f- story. Growing up in the favelas of Lisbon. Oh, there's not favelas in Lisbon, It's not there? at all. <laughs> no,
0: no, there's not. Just, I was like, you said favelas then. And I was like, do you think he's South American? Like, I was really... So-
1: <laughs> oh, well, either way, he's just gr- he's growing up out there, just bullying Portuguese kids, just kicking them around for fun. <laughs> Comes to England... He's get, he gets named in the starting lineup against West Ham, Potch's first game, and you're thinking, what is going on? And then he finds himself rounding Adrian <laughs> in the first minute when he's meant to be playing centre half. <laughs> <laughs> and then single handedly winds up a whole Chelsea 11 as we've thrown the league title away. Oh, yeah, that was actually good. <laughs> then scores against Russia. Then all this stuff we spoke about. It actually would be quite a good documentary. I do
0: think I actually can back that. That's a really good Family
1: story. Jong Son, Black Ops 4.
0: <laughs> no, oh way. no way. No <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Saving Private Sonny. <laughs> 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 That's <laughs> the title. That's the title right there. Um, <laughs> I was thinking for mine. Um, Maybe that um, Birmingham side that won the Carling Cup. I think mean, that had some characters. Oh, it. I would give anything to watch that. <laughs> I thought
1: about this the other day because Bowyer's linked with the Birmingham job and all my Cheltenham friends were breaking down breaking down and thought, no, Nicola, Oberfemi, we're getting the <laughs> <back together."
0: laughs> Or you could go for that Wigan team that won the FA Cup. Yeah, that would be better. I'd or wish. even <laughs> I want to do a Leicester team, but the year before they won the Premier League. I wanna see that great uh, escape. Bible. Yeah, uh, Get
1: I think you want to see the Hollywood.
0: I oh, happily see that. Get Nigel Pearson in. See what he's got to say. I think that's a brilliant story. We you know he's done it similar to the last dance, where you go all the way back and like where the team built. You, you go back to the Troy Deeney miss penalty. Oh yeah, the knock out miss penalty in the Troy Deeney moment. Like you've got knock flashbacks. That's amazing. Exactly. You could, you could do it like where it's less. The city, but it's Jamie Vardy as well because they did plan to do a Jamie Vardy documentary. I don't know how far in the, into development that is, but there was definitely rumors of that going around a few years ago. It was um, so, a film, but, I yeah, think. I'd watch like maybe a film then, but e- either way, I'd, I'd definitely watch something on Leicester because that story, even now, you couldn't write it, it's so good. No, I'm still oh, so, so bitter good. about it. <laughs> you, you come third as well, you have nothing to yeah, be bitter right. about. You got battered by Newcastle on the last day. We that was just so funny that game. <laughs> like I, mean, it was as if they had ten lucky minutes wasn't, wasn't It was it like five nil, four nil.
1: Well, I would have smashed. Yeah, that. You're, you're lucky that wasn't on TV TVH. Honestly, <laughs> you know what? It's just, it's just, it's. it's I'm so used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just wake up, feel disappointed, go back to sleep.
0: Tottenham, that i and Epsom, that. Do you feel like Tottenham have peak now? Oh, 100%. You don't you're not think i an to another while. Champions League
1: final for a while? They'll do it one more time in my lifetime.
0: That's praying I
1: stay healthy <laughs> and live a pros- prosperous life. If you, if, you, um, if you hit
0: the average rate age rate, you're... On, um, hit me with it. Wait, what? What's the average age rate? That's like 79, I think. the oh, oh, that's on my head.
1: Do you think we will win a Champions League, we will, get
0: to a Champions league final. we will win a
1: Champions
0: League by them. Old mean, statement. We
1: win as well? <laughs> I don't know. Deck, uh, you will be the record holders for that new European competition, the one below the European League. You would run it seven times by them.
0: Honestly, I reckon Saddle. English teams are going to batter that. But it's going Because the consistency for our league of quality is much better than teams elsewhere by watching the Bundesliga everyone has realised that recently. Um, so I think you will oh, have the likes of. The to... so good they can't defend. Yeah. So at what yeah. makes it good. <laughs> you like, have the Wolves, likes of Everton and that. Europa,
1: Wolves in the Europa League have been like so fun to watch.
0: They have. Mm. I think and they'll. Like, they're, like, they're a team that'll you, go, you, go into that and do well.
1: What's someone going to do when like Newcastle turn up at like Angie Machula?: i tell you, <laughs> That was a Europa League fixture. It was a certain TikTok yesterday. Someone posted the highlights.
0: Do you remember when um, they had Samuel Ester really? on a million pounds a week?
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, Roberto Carlos at left back. Chris Sambra at centre half.
0: <laughs> I, still, I still think the maddest thing about that is they had all them players and they weren't living in um because it was literally Dagestan and was full of tanks shooting at people. <laughs> Literally, these, these pro footballers were living in like Moscow or something and flying over. They, I think they were training in Moscow and then flying over the games and that, because it was just that's unsafe to live there. How they had them, them on contracts, I do not know. It gives Newcastle with that's their new do, that's Saudi the The
1: story of Angie Machikala. And do you remember Dnipro got to the Europa League final and lost to um, yes. Sevilla? One yeah. day, Ravis was their manager. Big up. <laughs> They, they had a side. They were at battering teams that year. Did they have Konoplyanka? Yes.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I remember, because that's how he got the move to Sevilla, I think, because they saw him in yeah. that game.
1: He knocked them out the year, the year um, after, and Adi Bajor scored twice against them. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Th- we've lover. got some yeah, great I, stories. I think, and, I think Anzi are in the second or third tier of Russia now. I say, oh, I haven't seen re- him on FIFA. They definitely got relegated at least once. Do you uh, they lost guys. all their money. I think, I think only got, I think, I genuinely, I think the owner got bored and left. Do you know who supports Which them all like, like
1: goes to watch their game? Do you know Khabib Nurmagomedov? <laughs> yeah. When he beat McGregor, he'd done like a meet and greet in the stadium. And it was like full.
0: Is, I think it is I the biggest said, stadium right,
1: in, so in Dagestan. It's like... He's like the biggest, like, sort of celebrity in that part of the world. <laughs> and they've had Roberto Carlos and Samuelito and Chris
0: Samba. Sorry, Chris, no, Chris Samba <laughs> and Roberto Carlos and Samuelito. That side is, Anzi the is definitely the Russian version of Truro getting to the Premier League. No, because Truro are a massive, massive club already. So biggest Anzi. club in Cornwall, way bigger than Anzi. I bet more people know about Truro City than they do of Anzi said that Anzi Mar-a-cash-a. Morocco or whatever it is. Sounds
1: like the worst McDonald's burger ever.
0: <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to any Anzi Marrakesh fans. Um, <laughs> um, oh, <man. laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're all watching. They are big fans <laughs> no, of the My I've Balls, My Rules podcast. <laughs> I'm sure they enjoyed all the England chat. If if I have a Russian knock on my door, I'm gonna be worried, alright? It's definitely gonna be yellow
1: flares coming through windows.
0: I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure they'll make their way to sunny Somerset. I'm I'm gonna keep my eye out. Yeah, (laughs) you two are probably the most at risk being the nearest to big city.
1: A myth. They won't come near it We'll be alright. Yeah.
0: Well I think that's a good place to end it, boys. Um yeah, thank you all for listening and watching this week. I wasn't expecting any say Anzi, McAllor or whatever chats um <laughs> interested in one this week, boys. Um yeah, um we'll see you all next week, hopefully. If yeah. if, um, if the world lets us, I don't know, I was just trying to figure out something to say then, but it kind of my brain escaped me. If I don't um, overload if I don't overload on Premier League football by next week, then we'll see you then. Yeah, we actually have actual football to talk about which will be quite good fun. Um, We'll probably talk about the National League's decision and the more of the kind of fallout from that. So, yeah. um, boys. Thank you for coming. I've done the YouTube salute again. And um, we'll see you all next week.